Parents in Oceanside's Crown Heights neighborhood are in a predicament. Oceanside School District doesn't have the money to pay for bus service, and a tentative agreement set after the closing of an elementary school a decade ago is falling apart. That agreement suggested that parents perform community service to reduce their bus fees, including sweeping streets, cleaning public bathrooms, and attend monthly meetings. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Deborah Brennan, you cover North County communities and several other beats, and you have an interesting story about what's going on with a controversy about busing in Oceanside. How did this controversy begin? A group of parents organized a couple weeks ago to go to a school board meeting to protest the closure of a bus line that their students depended on for transportation to school. And could you describe um, what was going on in regards to how it was operating previously with parents having to pay and things like that? Okay. Um, the school in their neighborhood, Dittmar Elementary, closed around 2008. And after that time, um, the parents were counting on public transportation to get their kids to school in uh, at schools that were farther away from their community, two and a half to three miles one way mm-hmm. from their neighborhood. And in order to do that, they paid. They agreed to pay for that bus system because the district in 2010 ended all bus lines throughout the the district. So they were the district was no longer paying for busers, so the parents decided to pony up and pay for it themselves. Mhm. And uh, what's this neighborhood and part of Oceanside like? This is an area called the Crown Heights neighborhood. It's um pre- it's a low-income neighborhood, largely Hispanic, um and it's been a troubled area from a public safety perspective. There have been traffic accidents. There's some busy, dangerous streets and intersections there. Um, There has been gang activity, drug dealing, even fatal shootings. So the parents are rightly concerned about their young children walking two to three miles to school on those streets. So they wanted to be sure that they had safe transportation on a school bus. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes sense why they were willing to do what they were willing to do. And there was actually instances of these parents having to do essentially community service work in order to reduce the fees of what they were paying. How did that happen? That sounds certainly strange. Right. Well, that came out as the parents were protesting the end to the bus line. Um, basically, they were beyond willing to do what they had to do. They were really desperate to make sure that that bus line remained so that their kids could get to school safely. Uh, many of the parents... Uh, work early in the morning. Some of them don't have cars, so they really had no other way to get their kids to school. So they kind of felt like whatever they had to do, they would do it to ensure that that bus line continued. And at some point in the um, early days of this bus line, and it's unclear exactly when or how this started, mm-hmm. a community group that was had organized and was administering the bus line also ran these neighborhood cleanups and started um, imposing the, uh, the request or requirement, depending on how you see it, that parents participate in cleanups in order to um, participate in the bus line or to get discounts on their fees. Um, so the parents were asked to sign in at the community center. They were given trash bags. They had to go around the streets and collect trash. Um, if they couldn't make that on the Saturday morning cleanup, sometimes 
they would come other days during the week and do kind of janitorial work at the community center, cleaning offices or even bathrooms. Yeah, and hearing that, that raises a series of questions. First, uh, what exactly does a school district have to do to provide transportation? Because this sounds like this is an unsafe, relatively part of of the county. What responsibilities does a school district have to get school, which is a mandate that everyone go to, that low-income people can get there? Like, what do they have to do? Well, that is a little bit complicated. I talked to Margaret Dalton, who is a vice dean at the University of San Diego Law School, and she specializes in education law. And she said that while school and education is a right, transportation isn't. So schools do not have to provide transportation. They're Mm -hmm. not mandated by state or federal law to do so. And so oftentimes in many school districts, that's something that gets cut when money gets tight. So that's what happened in Oceanside. They discontinued all their school bus routes. Um, in 2010 because of funding restrictions. And so they are not obligated to provide transportation for students. However, having done so, having um, committed to do this for the parents and then deciding to end it, that changes the picture somewhat because the parents had the expectation that they would have this transportation. Um, They say that they were promised it as a condition of the school closing, which is another point that's kind of in dispute here, whether the district ever promised that to them, whether they, um, you know, had to demand it in order to get it. But um, at this point, they have come to rely on it for a decade, and they count on that to get their kids safely to school. So I think the argument is that having having set that precedent that the parents can um, count on that and and having closed the school with the understanding that they would have a bus line... Mm -hmm. Um, that the parents have maybe more than the usual right to expect that that continue. And then the other question with that nonprofit that was saying that it was a request or requirement, depending on how you read it, that they kind of perform community service. Is that legal to do? Uh, is there is there any recourse there? It's not clear whether that's strictly legal or illegal, but the city said when they found out that this was happening, that they discontinued that practice. The school district said, we would never request that of parents. We wouldn't require labor in exchange for a public service, such as school bus transportation. So it's um, very definitely unorthodox, and and both agencies involved acknowledge it was improper. Um, But how it came to be part of the program and who was overseeing that is kind of um, it's kind of fuzzy and a bit of a hot potato between the agencies involved with nobody, you know, really saying that they were responsible for that that um, administration of the program while that practice was in place. Yeah, and hearing about that, honestly, it kind of sounds like feudalism or something in which in order to get what you're, you know, offered, you have to do this or that. It was certainly strange. It does. It is very strange and, and kind of archaic in that respect. Yes, definitely. So I guess at this point, uh, what's happening now, now that, that this mistake has been admitted and things are kind of moving toward a new direction? Um, I think the parents' biggest concern beyond any improprieties of what the program required of them in the past is what's going to happen now. Um, the school district is continuing the program this year, so kids will continue to get bus transportation this year. They will not offer it next year. And um, this year they're providing it at no cost. The parents get a little bit of a price break 
in the meantime, but with the caveat that they won't have any bus um, next school year. Um, the parents are are protesting and organizing to try to get the district to keep the bus line, even if they have to continue paying for it um, personally. Um, but the district says they don't have any plans for considering that. Um, they raised the point that since there is not bus service throughout the district, that there are other communities where kids also have long walks and a need for transportation, but don't get it. So they can't justify uh, providing it to one neighborhood and not others. So they say they have no plans to reconsider this. Um, they say they're working with parents to try to see if they can um, place the students in other schools that are a little bit closer, maybe mm -hmm. 1.2 to 1.4 miles away. Parents are still concerned that that's a long walk for young kids and in a, a dangerous neighborhood. And there's also the issue of uh, the kind of uh, social disruption that causes to students when they have to change campuses with new teachers and new friends and new classmates. So um, that is not an alternative that the parents are very happy about. Mm -hmm. And uh, at this point, what is the financial situation of the Oceanside School District? Has it improved at all in recent years? Um, no, it is. They're in um, difficult situation. They they completed a financial risk report last year that concluded that they are at risk of insolvency if they don't make major cuts of uh, tens of millions of dollars in the next few years. And so they are um, working on trimming their spending in order to make up for that deficit spending. Um, and this is one of the line items that they are deciding to cut is this, this bus route. It seems like it's a no-win situation for all parties in the situation. It is really difficult, yeah. It's it's definitely uh, very traumatic for the families involved in, in the district. Um, doesn't seem to feel like they have any um, options other than canceling the bus route. That one of the points that... Um, one of the organizers who's been involved in this and kind of key to helping the parents take action is um, Karen Placentia, who is the chair of the Oceanside Human Rights Council, which is a, a neighborhood community nonprofit group, says that when the school made these changes, when the district decided to close Dittmar Elementary, and now when they decided to cancel the bus line, that they're taking advantage of a community where many of the parents um, work long hours, Many of them don't speak English. They may um, not know their rights, may not be familiar with civil law in the United mm -hmm. States and, and what that entitles them to. She feels like this is targeting a vulnerable population of people who weren't necessarily prepared to defend themselves or to advocate for their children. Mm -hmm. And that would explain why they went along with uh, the kind of community service requirement, because they felt like they had to. Yeah, they probably felt like they had to do it. They um, they were told that that's what was needed to get their kids this bus transportation, and they would do whatever it took to mm -hmm. ensure that. And they they didn't question it because you know they may not have known that that's in in proper requirement for a public service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seems like it's just uh, one of the effects of poor budgeting. It kind of trickles down, hurts everyone. Right, definitely. And schools throughout the county are facing these kind of shortfalls, and, and, and the way they make the cuts has profound impacts on some of the student populations that they, they serve and their families. So this is one kind of poignant example of that. Mm -hmm. Certainly. All right. 
Deborah Brennan, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. In other education news, San Diego High School is expected to remain in Balboa Park for another century. A new lease agreement was approved by the San Diego Unified District Board of Education that allows for the school to remain at its current location. The fact that the school is allowed in Balboa Park is because it was built prior to the laws that restricted what could be built in the area. As the school is separated from the rest of the park by Interstate 5, it has been the subject of a series of land disputes over the years. The agreement now awaits the city council's approval. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Our creative director is Beto Alvarez, and our digital editor is Ricky Young. This podcast comes together with support from our creative studio and reporters throughout the newsroom. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and support our journalism by signing up for our print and digital products at uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.